Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It's 10.08 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. Your host, Will Marotti, Matt Sorice, our master ceremonies, taking your calls, 860-522-9842. You know, if you've listened to the program for any amount of time, you know that uh, I'm a, a, uh, I'm interested in a lot of things, but one of the great, great passions in my life is racing and motorsports, and we've been involved in some racing over the past few years. And but I gotta say of all of all the time we've been involved, uh, last night might have been, <laughs> I might have been more excited last night uh, than than any other time that I've been involved in motorsports. <laughs> I've got someone on the line right now who I, I'm thinking shared probably greater shared that excitement. Uh, joining me now from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is uh, Brent Cox. Brent is the owner of uh, of Abacus Racing. Brent, welcome to the show. Uh, well, great to great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, I can only imagine how what your response was, but I was I was screaming, jumping up and down wildly uh, last night. Before before we go into the reason why, tell us why are you in Tulsa? What's going on? Explain kind of the the whole deal. So. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, every year hosts the uh, the largest uh, dirt race uh, in the world. So the Chili Bowl Nationals are in January of every year, um, and they run dirt midgets. Um, and there's about 370 of them here. It's a it's a, it's an event that starts last Sunday and will end this Saturday night. And it is an event. You know, we often call it the um, the Indy 500 of, of midget racing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a fantastic event with uh, tons of, of fanfare. So that's why we're in Tulsa. And uh, for, for folks we, that aren't familiar that's with why the you're term, excited, I'm excited. Brent, for folks that are, aren't familiar with the term, because the, the, the casual fan who doesn't understand, you know, they know NASCAR, full bodied cars, uh, and they may know IndyCar, Formula One. Describe describe a midget. You know, what's it look like? What kind of engine? How fast does it go? What, what what's a midget like? So a midget is a uh, it's an open wheel car. It's a smaller car. It, it you know to try to give some people um, some context. It, it kind of looks like a, a, a dune buggy in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got you know big big kind of rubber fat tires on it and a narrow chassis. Um, 
and it's uh, it, you know, no no ground effects, no wings or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. basically, a, a chassis holds a motor, a driver, and four tires. Yeah, and, got a big roll uh, bar on it, roll cage, right? It's got a roll bar on it. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a four cylinder. Uh, the the midgets run a four cylinder engine. Um, they run about four hundred horsepower. Uh, the power to weight ratio on these little cars is really <laughs> unbelievable. It, it's 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 it's. it's it's unbelievable. And they will go, you know, they don't get up super fast. It's only a one fifth mile track. They call it more of a bull ring. So they'll get up to, you know, probably 70, 80 miles an hour mm-hmm. um, as they go into the turns. But um, it, it's, it's just, it's a great form of racing. It's constant excitement. I mean, there's just, when you run a race, especially you know, once you get into a feature race and there's 24 cars, there's just action all over the track. So it's, it's, it's just a, a, a great and fun, uh, uh, racing series and, and, and racing discipline. And this isn't like um, a lot of tracks like in the Northeast. Uh, it, it's not pavement. You call it dirt. It's really, is it kind of like clay, packed down clay? Yeah. What, what's the what's the surface? And that is, it is dirt, but there's a lot of different surfaces and different tracks and different regions, to your point, will have a different style of dirt, right? Some might mm-hmm. be a lot of clay, some might be a lot more, you know, dirt might be denser, thinner. You know, they, they have to bring the dirt in. So it's run at the Tulsa Expo Center. Um, and so um, they, they build this track every year, and all the trucks and everything are in one section uh, with all the cars and trailers and then the track. And so they bring this dirt in. And you want the dirt to be dense enough that it'll, it'll absorb water. So you have to continually water down the track and mm-hmm. pack it down. Mm-hmm. Because then as the cars drive on it, it will lay down rubber. And so then they have to continually grate the track mm. because if you don't, it'll just get so dry. It'll just be dusty and, and slick and they'll be, it's really hard to pass. So they have to kind of, as they say, juice the track up a little bit. So mm. it can kind of be run high and low because you'll get cars running different lines. Uh, you know, some drivers will go high, some will go low. And so it's, it's, uh, it, it's amazing the track prep work they have to do. It's yeah, constant I, I, because they I, want it to be as, I was surprised exactly. just watching last night how much prep time there is in between heats, in between what's going on. It's like they're constantly resurfacing, constantly. You know, it's almost like hockey where they, you know, they get the zamboni out there and have to have to take care of the ice. Except they do it more more frequently. It seems like with that racing than they do with hockey, right? They do, and they really want to make sure that they can keep the track in a way that it's fair for the competitors, so that. It, it, you know, they try to keep the track so it's as consistent as possible. So it's constant because those cars are laying down so much downforce mm-hmm. and so much rubber. If you don't, uh, then the racing would get would would be well, you wouldn't see the racing you saw last night otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So so a little background story here. So um, you are the owner of Abacus Racing, which is a, a motorsports team, and and this is the the, the field you compete in is, is midget racing. Uh, how long have you been? How long? How long has Abacus Racing been in existence? Uh, it'll be two years this April. I formed the team, and uh, we had our first race uh, later that year at the BC Thirty Nine, uh, which is uh, the the dirt track they have inside Turn Three at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So it was our mm-hmm. first race in July of two thousand twenty-one. Mm-hmm. And 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 by day. <laughs> By day, you're an accountant, and for for full transparency here, uh, we have, you know, I live in Connecticut, and so I have a Connecticut accountant, but we do most of our business in Indianapolis, so we have an Indianapolis accountant, and you're you're our accountant in Indianapolis, and um, and, and you called, I don't know what, two months ago, whatever, and, 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 and 
proposed the idea of kind of teaming together here and, and getting our our theme, our Marathi Autosport theme spirit of Speedway, getting it on one of your cars. And, and that's what we did, right? We did. We did. And I think it has been very well received. It was a lot of people taking pictures of the car last night in our paddock area and, and I had people coming up and asking questions about it. And so we did it and it's, it's, I think it's, it's working out pretty well so far. So tell us about the driver, Daniel Whitley from California. Tell us about Daniel. Daniel is, uh, it's funny. We, uh, we had a prior driver, um, who had been racing with us since the inception. She decided to kind of step down from racing. And so we had a, a void we needed to fill and, and my crew, which is all California based, uh, they work out of Indianapolis now, new Daniel. And um, young kid, 18 years old, um, from Ferndale, California, and they really felt like he would be a, an excellent uh, replacement to, to, to give him a shot. And he has just been a joy to work with, a, a really good kid, um, gracious for the opportunity, mm. uh, walked around, I think, and hugged everybody uh, in our area, <laughs> in our paddock area last night after the race. He was so happy um, after the evening that he had had. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Just a just a great and fantastic kid. So they they run a series. So there's like 370 cars. They run all week and they run many 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 heats, qualifiers, main feature events. And so last night was the night scheduled for for Daniel for Abacus Racing, and so uh, came out in heat number one, and first time right. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. There hasn't driven there. He's before. a rookie. He's never done the Chili Bowl before. And he comes out in heat number one. Tell us what he did in heat number one. <laughs> well, the, the, so he starts third. So what they do is it's a blind pill draw where you go. And so to be quick, your whole point in your heat race and your qualifying race is passing points. Yeah. So the, the farther you move up, you gain points. So you don't necessarily want to start on pole. You want to start kind of in the mid-pack so you can pass some cars and get more points. Mm-hmm. You start in third. And coming for turn four, Green flag goes, the guy in front of him takes off and then just stops. And so Daniel ramps his car up on the back of the guy on the pole and then pulls into the infield. Daniel's reaction to pull the car into the infield to keep it running was one of the most crucial things that he did all night because if that car would have stalled, then he would have had to start in the back. But he kept it going. And what happened, the car in front of him, the battery fell out of that guy's car, so it just died. So Daniel... Ramps up, and of course, I'm in the stands thinking, you know, if there's damage to the car, we're kind of done before the season started. We didn't even right. get to turn one. Didn't uh, he was able to move up into the pole position because they just moved the, the the cars up a line? And uh, as you witnessed, Daniel took it and let all eight laps and never looked back and and, and got a heat race win. So I, I don't know for you, for for us, that was the first. Firstly, it's the first time the Spirit of Speedway has been on a physical car. You know, this is a this is a theme that we're trying to put forward in, in the Indy 500. Hasn't happened yet. We hope it's going to happen. Uh, so it was the first time there was, a, there was actual, other than a show car, a physical car that has Spirit of Speedway at number one. And it's the first race we ever won. So, you know, I, we were, at, we were in, in complete in, insane mode. How did you feel about, how, how did you feel about doing a win last night? It was fantastic, you know, because when, when, when you start something like Abacus, you know, there were there are two events that I look at every year as cornerstone events for me, and that's the BC39 at the Annapolis Motor Speedway because of my love, just like your love of that track, right? To do anything at IMS is, is, big. is yeah. a big deal. And then the Chili Bowl. 
And so to think about where this team came from April of 21 to say, we want a heat race. So we've actually won a physical race at the greatest midget race in the world was it, it, I ran down to the car. They're interviewing him on flow racing and I'm just taking pictures and just, you know, all these people are taking pictures of the car. He's being interviewed. And, and it, so, yeah, you can imagine uh, just like you, it was just such a, a, a neat thing to see. And, and did a great job with the interview too. I mean, I was so, uh, so honored that he remembered us in the interview and, and, and mentioned it was, it was really a cool thing. It was really a, uh... Which to me, just interject, I think that's the hardest thing about this sometimes. You know, he is an 18-year-old. He's a kid. He's a kid, right? He's a young kid. And to just have done what he's done, you know, you're out of breath, right? You literally are a minute from the race. You've just wheeled this car. You know, there's no power steering. There's no power brakes. It's all him moving that car around. And the next thing you know, you're being interviewed. And Flow Racing's got a pretty good subscription base, right? So, you know, and go through what he did. He did a great job. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was thrilled. Of course, you know the, I know some. I, I I sent out I don't know how many emails, how many text messages last night. It was, just like, it was like I felt like a father. You know, I just had my, had my first kid, kind of thing, right? It's like, oh my gosh! It was well, so you, cool. you, you, again, you, you when you just the way he was after the end of the night, he just he went around and hugged everybody. I, I think yeah. he hugged people he didn't know. Like, hey, thanks yeah. for asking. He just was so happy. So the night progresses. He wins the heat, gets a lot of points, which moves him into the kind of the next round. Ends up struggling a little bit, and then he had he had to do well in a qualifier race to get into the the main feature for last night, and um, and he did. He, he he finished fourth in that qualifying race, and uh, he's you know some of the best. There was what seventy some odd cars last night that he was he was in competition with. So I mean, these are some of the best drivers in the world. Were there last night? If you think of uh, Cody Swanson, Rico Abreu, the, these guys are—they've been doing this for years, and they're pros. And here's a kid coming in, never even, never even drove there before, and he's and he and he's competing and finishing ahead of some of these guys. And the the, the main feature last night. So what, he starts in what, like twenty fourth place? He started twenty fourth. So to your point, he finished fourth in his in his B, which is the the, the worst position he could have. Yes. Yeah, so he started last in that race. In the A feature, and and there was a huge crash in the beginning, with uh, the, the young driver Ashton um, Torgensen. Torgensen, uh, and and I and, and and I'm glad the cameras weren't didn't stay on it because I think his helmet came off, and that's what I was concerned about when I first saw the crash. Um, well, he's okay though, so right? You know, I mean, he's fine. He actually completely came out of the car. He did. Okay. Okay. He came out of the car completely physically. Yes. Oh my yep. gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad we didn't but, see that part. Um, no, but he is actually fine. Believe but he's not, fine. He is, Got it. Yeah. He's fine. Okay. So there was a long delay between getting him to the ambulance, getting him in the ambulance, getting him. There was a long delay, and and then there's a restart, and there was still a lot of uh, rock 'em sock 'em robot going on during the restart. And uh, Daniel ends up finishing where? Twelve. 12th out of 24, he moves up. to Now, does he get points for moving up that many spots? So what it does, he doesn't get any points for that, but what it does is it, it puts him in a position to where he will start on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the higher up you finish, so baking the A-main, the, the worst that he would start, no matter what, was the E-main on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But finishing where he finished, he will be in the C-main which is fantastic because wow. he then has a chance to move through the C main to the B and then the B to the A. So um, 
he's giving himself a chance to make the A main wow. on on Saturday night, which is royalty to make that race. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, at legends, uh, NASCAR champions. Right. I mean, all kinds of people have been that over the years. But I got to tell you, we're so uh, we're so excited about this. I'm so grateful that you gave us the chance to do this. Whole team is, and uh, we'll now. If people want to watch it Saturday, how do they, how do they watch it? So it's uh, everything is streamed on Flow Racing. Uh, it's a subscription based service. Yep. Um, it is. It's a, it's one hundred and fifty dollars a year, which seems like a lot, but it's twelve months. Um, and and really, the great thing about the Flow Sports package is it carries lots of other uh, sports. Like DCHL yeah. hockey is on there. Oh, um, okay. So it's 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 that's what they would have to do though. There's racing again tonight. Uh, we race our second car tonight, um, and then there's racing Friday night, and then the big day on Saturday. And tell us about your second car. Your second driver is Dylan Welch. He's so a, Dylan he's is, an uh, is a Carmel, right? Indiana native. Um, yeah. I've known Dylan for years through his father Vince Welch, who yeah, uh, yeah. has been a, a NASCAR pit reporter. And Dylan has actually made the A main twice in the Chili wow. Bowl, and wow. uh, so we're excited to see what he does tonight. Okay. Well, listen, again, uh, we're so grateful for the chance to, to partner with you and, and get the spirit of Speedway out there, get our first win under our belt. It was pretty exciting. And I want to wish you the best through uh, tonight, and then we'll see what happens Saturday. We'll, we'll, a lot of us will be watching on Saturday. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the young man does. Yep. All right. Brent Cox, thank you so much. Have a good rest of your week, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. We'll take care of you, too. Okay. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, take a couple more calls, 860-522-9842. Jazz Shaw, hotair.com on at 1035. We're going to talk uh, uh, more about other things, not just the uh, the, the document debacle. Um, but we'll, we'll take some calls when we get back, and then, and then Jazz Shaw a little bit later. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm not to one. I'm 
All right, welcome back. 1038 WTIC News Talk 1080. So much going on in in the news, uh, more than just this uh, document debacle for the president, but we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, joining us now on the hotline as is our our custom Thursdays. Uh, we have the weekend editor of HotAir.com, which is where I go almost daily for for news and commentary, and, and I suggest you do as well. Uh, Jazz Shaw joining us from Hot Air. Jazz, welcome back. Brother Will, how you doing, sir? Busy doing day. Well, doing well. It is a busy day. And uh, before I get into the things that you've specifically written and posted recently, I just want to get your take on this whole uh, classified document Biden thing. Um, you know, mainstream doing all they can to distance what happened with Biden from Trump. And Trump's a criminal, but Biden's not. And Trump should be given the electric chair, but Biden shouldn't be. Um, how, how do you see it? Well, I'll start off maybe with a surprising comment. I do want to give the White House staff, maybe not Biden specifically, because I think most of the time he doesn't really know what's going on. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I want to give them credit for, at least as far as we know, doing this on their own. Yeah. They conducted a review. They found the documents. And instead of burning them or trying to quietly slip them back into the archive or something, they came out and said, yeah, we found this, and, and we've turned them over to the Justice Department, which was the right thing to do. It's the right thing so, to do, sure. Yeah, there, there's that. But that doesn't change the fact that those documents had to get where they were somehow. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear, like, the people on CNN saying, oh, it was probably just some staffer pack, pa- packing things up, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. didn't realize what they were doing, which Trump never got the benefit of that doubt. But... Uh, but it, it still, it, it happened, and the first batch that were in that uh, Penn University uh, office, mm-hmm. th- those were from when he was vice president, vice right? President. So, I mean, Trump, in theory, I, I, I'm still not familiar with the exact defined method of doing it is. As president, he could de- declassify anything he wanted. The, pres- the vice president uh, is not in that chain of command. He does not have that ability. Right. So right. he or somebody took top secret documents out right. and stored them in a non-secure location. And that's, that's against the law. And, and so I don't know. The, the second, and here's the thing that really bothers me about it. And I, and I think this is, this will prove to be the second uh, case of Biden election tampering. I refer to the first one as, as the Hunter Biden story. When it came out in October, 2020, we were all told it was, it was false. It was Russian disinformation and everybody, everybody tried to teach, you know, give us that line 51 intelligence operatives, uh, you know, we knew that the, the White House was having communication now with social media uh, platforms and trying to either get them to say things or get them to not say things or censor people. We knew all that's going on. But now we have a situation where these documents, although they were found prior to the midterms, we didn't hear about it until after the midterms. And, oh, and, yeah. I, and I wonder if there might have been just like there was a poll taken. The Gallup poll said 17 percent of the people who voted for Biden said they would have likely changed their vote had they known the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop story. I wonder if if this is almost now the second time where we have some some form of election tampering by withholding information, both connected to the Biden family. I, I think that's a definite possibility. And the other thing that to my knowledge, we don't know yet, but I haven't been following it maybe as closely as you have, is we, we know that first batch in at Penn State, uh, 
came from when he was vice president. What about this new batch that mm-hmm. not only wasn't in an office, was at mm-hmm. his private residence? Yeah, yeah. Were, were those from the VP days too, or are these recent documents? Because that kind of that would change the story for me. Sure, it, it would. It could dramatically change. I, I'd say one thing: I would not want to be Attorney General Merrick Garland right now because he's between. I I think potentially between the rock and the hard place. Either he has to say, "Hey, you know, Trump Trump was wrong, criminal investigation," and has to do the same thing with Joe Biden, or he has to say, "Well, this isn't so bad for Biden. What Biden did," and then he has to let Trump off the hook as well. I don't think you can have it both ways here. Oh, uh, in a normal world, I would agree with you, but I, I wouldn't put anything <laughs> past this administration. They can be completely two-faced. Yeah. Good for the goose, not good for the gander, you know. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. Well, you've got you've got quite a quite a roundup here of articles I want to touch on. One is, and and it really speaks to why I was so wanting to get the speaker thing settled sooner than later. Uh, they have now apparently uh, at least one. Republican congressperson has filed articles of impeachment against uh, Department of Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And I, I think, yeah, amen. I'm, I'm good with that. What's going on with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. And this ties into the story we were just talking about, because in my opinion, I, I think you're going to be seeing articles of impeachment against Merrick Garland, too. They just really? haven't come out yet. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. But as far as... Uh, Mayorkas goes. Yeah, that 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 was a no brainer. I thought that they were talking about it well before the Congress was seated. It was just a question of who was going to do it and when uh, they got him on two counts that they're charging for impeachment. One of them is a misdemeanor. The other one's a felony. Mm-hmm. And it it all ties into failing to uphold the law, which clearly has been happening. Mm-hmm. And the other one was lying under oath to Congress when he went in twice uh, before and took an oath uh, to tell the truth, the whole truth, et cetera, et cetera, and said, hey, the border's secure. And I, I don't know what his definition of secure is, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think they've, they've had him cold to right. So the question yeah. is, can they get every single Republican to vote for impeachment? I don't know mm-hmm. if that's known yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't saying. Okay. And, e- and even if they do, uh, will the Senate – well, the Senate, Senate has to – they have to take it up uh, constitutionally, but they won't, you know, they vote to impeach one of their own right. people. So no, definitely not. But 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 again, this is the reason I wanted to get the speakership thing settled. I'm glad the rules were changed. I'm glad the Freedom Caucus stood their ground and got that done. But you've got that. You've got also this. This was reported by your own John Sexton that uh, um, not only House Republicans, they offered it, but Democrats joined to form a select committee to investigate China. I, yes, thank you. And then we also formed, uh, Republicans formed a committee to investigate the weaponization of the federal government. So these are the kinds of things I wanted this Republican House to do, and they couldn't do it because they weren't even sworn in yet waiting for the Speaker. So now some of this action is taking place. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I think at least – depending on the coverage it gets from the the mainstream, um, at least we'll get some of this stuff out in the open. We'll have more, more hopefully transparency. Yeah. I've been impressed with them because remember, we're talking about a really short period of time since the speaker was sworn in. It's not even a week Mm -hmm. and they've passed things that, uh, as we already said, aren't going to pass in the Senate, but they've shown they are serious about clawing back all the money for the IRS. They passed that. You know, they're they're getting stuff done. Yeah. Uh, they they don't have a partner in the Senate 
And of course, anything that got through both would get vetoed by Biden anyway. Mm -hmm. But they're demonstrating that they're serious, that they're paying attention to the conservative agenda and that they do have the ability to come together and govern and get things done. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it may not amount to a ton of change except for the investigations, which are really important. But I also think it they're they're setting themselves up better for 2024. And the critics who are saying, oh, look, these guys are so confused and befuddled and they they can't even elect a speaker that they're not going to do anything. I I think they're they're shooting that narrative down pretty quickly. I I totally agree. I think you're 100 percent right. Now, I've never liked New York politics and I've never I've never liked I didn't like uh, Andrew Cuomo. I'm glad I'm glad what happened happened with Andrew. Uh, I certainly don't like uh, the current governor, Kathy Hochul, um, but but this is beyond the pale. We're, we're, we're supposed to be saying that there's some some public safety concern with something that's been been used for over 100 years, which is gas appliances. Um, now that she not, not only wants to outlaw the gas stove, which came out of the White House, she wants to outlaw all gas appliances. Right, including water heaters yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Furnaces, you know, just the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff in, like, 41% of the private homes and 60% of all buildings in the United States uh, have gas appliances, and particularly gas heaters. Sure. And, yeah, they, they want to outlaw all of that. But we should point out, just today, the White House backed down from that after the big outcry. And, or, no, it was yesterday afternoon. And uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre yes. uh, was asked that question, and she uh, she said, no, the president has no interest in banning gas stoves, and we have no plans along those lines. So they're they're walking back from that, I think, because they saw how many people were going absolutely crazy well, for good reason. Well, the restaurants, chefs, there's not a chef in the world who wants to cook an electric stove. I mean, right? I mean, no. It's, it's insane. But this is all climate stuff. They just, they just, another, they want to put another, another spin on how they can shut down the production of natural gas, which is, by the way, booming again here in, in the United States because of the shortages. And uh, I shared an article yesterday about Chesapeake Energy. They are a fracking company. They had declared bankruptcy, but there's been such a turnaround last year. They, they, last year they had $1.3 billion in, in sales. They gave out $800 million in dividends to the shareholders. And their business is out of control again. So, you know, they can try. They can try to shut down fossil fuels. They can try to get us to believe that solar and, and wind is is the pathway to the future. They can try to outlaw gas stoves. Is that? I mean, I don't know where they were going to go with it. Gas hoes, furnaces, water heaters, that, I mean, gas grills. Is that we're going to have electric grills outside? You know, I don't know where it goes. But she, what's wrong <laughs> with your governor? What is wrong with your governor? Don't don't give them ideas, man. They haven't quite come after my gas grill yet. <laughs> Although I, I, I should say that I, I just told the fib, I have not had a gas grill in a long time. I'm, I'm even worse for the climate people because I prefer charcoal. I just like the way the steaks taste, the way they oh, come yeah. out no, and stuff. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I use charcoal. I used to have a gas grill, though. But, oh, yeah, so don't give her ideas. It's got a smoker and it's got pellets and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't have the patience for that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's delicious, but you got to smoke it for like six hours or eight hours. I just want to slap the burger on there and eat it. You know, that's what I'm, exactly. So as far um, as Kathy Hochul goes, what's up with her? Um, yeah. I don't know. She she's she's trying to really she used to be more. I don't want to use the word centrist, but somewhat yeah. more moderate because she represents one of the Western 
uh, represented one of the western more rural areas before she got picked to be lieutenant governor mm-hmm. and now she's trying to impress everybody in new york city and they were worried initially that she couldn't even get elected on her own because she wouldn't get the new york city vote but really? uh she wow. she snuck through and so yeah now now she's got to be uh very much more aoc than uh joe manchin you know where she used to be more of a mansion type figure so yeah she's just ramming the climate agenda down everybody's throats is she chumming with eric adams are they close um they've come to verbal blows several times so far yeah oh, okay. uh so they they try to put on a, a, a good face on everything but yeah they, they've been fighting because eric adams wants the uh, bail reform law repealed and she's absolutely refusing to do it, yeah. you know. So that, that's one of the things they're fighting about. And there have been other issues. Uh, Adams didn't like the lockdowns going on as long as they did, and Hochul wanted the lockdowns to continue. And same thing with the vaccine mandates. So, yeah, they, they, they've disagreed on a number of things. Right. I don't know much about this story other than what the headlines have, have said, and, and, and you wrote a piece on this yesterday that about the six-year-old that shot the teacher. Give us some backstory there. What what happened with this whole thing, and where where is it right now in terms of investigation stage? Newport News, West Virginia Elementary School, a six-year-old first grader shows up with a backpack, like all kids carry backpacks, mm-hmm. goes into class, and the teacher's teaching the class, and then the kid, apparently without saying a word, stands up, pulls a loaded 9 millimeter handgun out of his backpack, and shoots the teacher. The bullet goes, she had her in a defensive posture. The bullet goes through her hand and still had enough oomph to go well into her chest. And she still managed, after all that, to grab all the kids and herd them together and get them out of the room and away from the gun before she finally collapsed from blood loss. So everybody's Did she like, survive? What is, is she still alive? Oh, yeah, she, she's alive. She's in the hospital, yeah. She's expected to recover. And um, so the gun- where did this kid get the gun? It was his mother's gun. Yeah. And... That's all we know. The police have been talking to the parents, but they haven't released any more details beyond that. They haven't released the, the family's name, but they've been interviewing them, and they're trying to figure out what they can do. You can't prosecute the kid under Virginia law. Um, he can't be tried as an adult, and he can't be put into a juvenile detention facility at six years old. Yeah. So he's pretty much just going to have to get counseling, and that's it. And now they're asking if maybe they can prosecute the parents, uh, they also, they don't have a must-keep-your-firearm-safely-secured law like other states do. Oh, you're kidding me. No, they don't have one of those. So they can't prosecute her for that. Um, there is one law they might be able to get her on, or two of them, reckless endangerment of a child, at, if they can convince a jury that leaving the gun unsecured was presenting a danger to the child and others, which clearly it did. Um, they, they might be able to get around that. But other than that, it's the laws in Virginia, the way they currently stand, um, they're not going to be able to do much about this. This is insane. I mean, I, I, I Connecticut obviously has, you know, secure gun laws. I, I, I mean, but even if we didn't, I would not leave a gun laying around my house with kids. I mean, I would, I would make sure it was in a safe. I don't, I don't know how people are thinking. Um, no, I, I took a lot of flack because I commented, uh, in my articles and on social media, and I've been getting a lot of blowback because I said, you know what? I don't know if they can prosecute her for anything, but somebody ought to come take that lady's guns away because yeah. she's just way too irresponsible. And then I got yelled at, oh, you don't believe in gun confiscation, but you want them to confiscate her gun. I was like, well, yeah. 
When her six-year-old's walking around with it, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, it just, yeah. it's just irresponsible. And, of course, we don't have any any motive, any idea, any what was the kid thinking? Did he hate the teacher? You know, we don't know any oh, they did. Why. They did say there was a previous, they used the word altercation. There was an altercation or an argument of some sort between that student and the teacher. They had been, I don't know if she was, you know, punishing him for something they, they didn't specify, but there was an altercation. So apparently he was pretty mad at her, mad enough to go get a gun and shoot her. I mean, it didn't uh, come as a result of a TikTok challenge, like, you know, shoot your t- shoot your teacher in school today day or something, right? No, and, and the kid also, he should be noted, didn't shoot anybody else. It wasn't a school shooting. He just didn't, he didn't just start shooting up the place. He came there specifically to shoot her, and he carried out his plan. Wow, that is insane. All right, last uh, last topic, and then and, and it's a hot button for both of us. Um, apparently, today in San Antonio, there's going to be a, a protest, a rally of some sort, with the female athletes asking to stop the madness with letting transgender, you know, whoever compete against them in, in athletics. What's going on with that? Yeah, apparently it's uh, it. Well, I just. So checked online and it's already getting started and it's going to be going for a while. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the NCAA is having their annual uh, convention and moves around this year. It's in San Antonio and they have been asked repeatedly to change their rules and prevent men from competing against women in women's sports in the NCAA. And they've just refused and they're sort of towing the government line. So uh, this one group got together a coalition of women's rights groups uh, that crosses a very broad spectrum and they started a petition. It's been going on for a while. They got tens, if not hundreds of thousands of signatures. And they were going to be printing them all out overnight and showing up and handing them to the heads of the NCAA just as they're getting ready to start their convention. And the petition calls on them to finally change the rules and insist that biological sex, God, I hate that phrase, uh, has to be the determiner of who gets to compete in women's sports. And so we'll, we'll see how they respond. I mean, they're going to be under a lot of pressure from this. But <clears throat> there's no guarantee it'll work. But I, I I praise them for trying. Yeah. Well, the whole thing has just gotten so even in Connecticut. And I thought the town that I live in, in Wallingford, Connecticut, was was you know fairly rational and common sense driven. But I found out that there's all kinds of this stuff going on in our schools. I mean, you know, routinely boys dressed as girls going into women's rooms, and. uh you know, the pronoun thing. And it, I, I, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. And, and I, an, another reason that eventually I will, I will not live in Connecticut because it's just, it's just insanity. And here's one of the speakers great... today in San Antonio is from Connecticut. As a matter of fact, um, it's one of the, uh, one of the girls, probably mothers of one of the okay. girls who lost her scholarship, lost her chance mm-hmm. because of those two boys that were competing yeah. and setting all those records in high school track. And yeah, they're going to be speaking today. Good. Well, you know, I, uh, we're, we're going to do all we can to push back on it, but it's just frustrating to me that in, in the town that I've always thought was, was conservative and and common sense driven that, that this is right under under my nose that's going on. So I just like, I'm so disappointed, so turned off anyway. Hey jazz, thanks so much. Uh, busy weekend for you. I'm sure as always. And then we'll be, we'll be looking for what you post and then, uh, hopefully we have you on next week. Great. Talk Thanks to you so then. Much. Have a good okay. one. Jazz Shaw, weekend editor, hotair.com. Guys, I'm out of time. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thank you, David X. Sullivan. 
Thank you, Brett Cox, Advocates Racing. Remember, uh, the, the Chili Bowl will be happening all through the rest of this week. His second car, second drive, will be racing tonight. And then we'll see how our car, uh, uh, Car 57 Spirit of Speedway, does with Daniel Whitley at, at the wheel on Saturday. We hope he gets to the final. Maybe he wins the whole darn thing. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love it if it happened. Anyway, Matt, thank you so much. Joey, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Stay warm. Stay dry. A little bit of flurries out there. I love you. And uh, talk to you soon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 